Amen. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in us all. Let us pray. Father, I want to praise you for fellowship, for brotherhood, camaraderie. Father, to hear my brother stand up here earlier and talk about that today and how this church just steps up in such a way. It just, it's more confirmation, Father, that this church was supposed to be put together. I praise you for confirmation. Uh, every time I turn around, you're giving me another, you're giving me another check. You're showing me that this is something that you obviously want your hand on. And Father, I just need you to know and understand that we'll be obedient and allow that to happen. Father, this is your church. This is not our church. This is your home. This is not my home. Father, I just ask that you continue to lead, guide, and direct us to build this church to the vision that you've given us. Father, this week has been, um, has been distracting. Uh, I know for others in this room and for myself personally, uh, putting this sermon together was, was pretty tough. And um, I want to thank you, Father, for getting me through it, to get me to this point to where I can give your word. Uh, you always come through. No matter what it is that I'm going through or whatever I'm struggling with, you always step up and make sure that you give me the word that you want me to give. And I praise you for that. Um, Father, in this moment, I need you to anoint me from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. Father, I ask that you take all of my doubt, lack of confidence, fear, worry, anxiety. Father, I ask that you take all of that away from me. You replace it, Father, with your words, your boldness, your strength, your courage, but most importantly, Father, your love. I ask these things in your name. Help us to love, laugh, and forgive. Amen. All right. Last week, I gave an introduction to the gifts of the Holy Spirit uh, that we mentioned in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Uh, over the next few weeks, I'll be breaking these gifts down and explaining how each are used to build God's kingdom. I want to go back and look at, and we're going to do this each week, let's go look at the definition of the Holy Spirit again. The third person of the Trinity, God spiritually active in the world. Okay, that is the Holy Spirit. The, the nine gifts that are listed in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, again, are wisdom, knowledge, faith, healing, performing miracles, prophecy, distinguishing spirits, speaking languages, and interpreting languages. Today we're going to learn about the spiritual gifts of knowledge, wisdom, and faith. Now for those of you that were not here last week, I want to explain something. These gifts are not weird, these gifts are not crazy, and they're not scary. Okay? The only thing and the only reason why it seems to be this way is because so many churches have taught them incorrectly. We discussed that last week. In fact, these incorrect teachings have been going on since biblical times, and that's why Paul is even writing to the church of Corinth here in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 in the first place. Uh, I, I want to go to uh, the first sentence of the actual letter to Corinth. We 
We had this last week. I want to pull it up again. We're going to pull this up every week. And the reason why is because it is a reminder. And now, brothers and sisters, I want to write about the special abilities the Holy Spirit gives to each of you, for I don't want any misunderstanding about them. So again, the whole reason Paul's even writing to the church of Corinth is because he's making sure that they don't have any misunderstanding, which tells me they probably had some misunderstanding at times. If you go on to read 1 Corinthians chapter 12, it talks about a lot of things, order in the church and so forth. So obviously this church is struggling, right? Paul is trying to make sure that we know and understand the spiritual gifts because that is what builds the church in a major, major way. The, the last thing, i tell you something about this. Brothers and sisters, I want to write about the special abilities of the Holy Spirit. Okay, I mentioned this last week. And you need to understand this moving forward. Those gifts, again, they're not yours. Those are the Holy Spirit's. He's given you those gifts. He allows you to use those gifts. Y'all remember last week I used the analogy of Annabelle and her cell phone, my oldest child. You know, Dad, I want my cell phone. That, that's not your cell phone. I just give you access to that cell phone. It's the exact same thing with the Holy Spirit. Let's keep that in mind as we move on through the next couple weeks. It's very important that you understand that. I want to move over to the word of knowledge. That's what we're going to talk about first today. I'm going to go through the word of knowledge and a word of wisdom fairly quick uh, because I want to spend a lot of time on faith today. So y'all bear with me as I go through these two. Take pictures if you see something on the screen you want to take a look at. But a word of knowledge to know something specific without having learned it by natural means. That is the biblical definition of a word of knowledge. This is information that God revealed to you that you didn't come up with on your own. It's something that you also have no previous knowledge of. A word of knowledge can come to you in many ways. It can come to you biblically through the Bible, through reading and studying. It can come to you through prayer. It can come to you through other people. And it can come through you, or to you through visions and dreams. That's biblical. God can give you knowledge in those ways. I can remember um, years ago... Uh, the, the, the school that my kids go to asked me to be on the school board. Somehow I fooled them into thinking I was smart. So they asked me to be on the school board, and I'll never forget the first meeting. And on the way there, I'm praying because I know who's on this school board. Okay, we have doctors, we have lawyers, we have teachers, retired teachers. We have very educated people, right? I mean, that's who's on this school board. And then in walks the guy who's got one semester of college. So on the way there, I knew I got to be praying about this because these people are going to make me look like a fool. So all the way there, I'm praying. I'm just, God, I just ask that you give me knowledge in the areas that I needed in these meetings. And I want you all to know, I actually pray this before every meeting that I go to now. Father, give me your wisdom, your knowledge. Give me that gift so I can build up this group and I can build up what it is that we're going at, like whether it be the school or the church or a ministry, so forth, Right. I'll never forget walking in that meeting, and I didn't say a word the whole time, okay? I just sat back, didn't know half of what they were talking about. And then at one point, and forgive me, I don't remember exactly what it was, but I think it was something on advertising. 
And they said something about it and how, how we should do it and so forth. And God immediately put something in my mind to help out with advertising. I mentioned it, and it worked. And all of them looked at me like I was the smartest dude in the room. <laughs> and I kept thinking, like, I hope they don't figure me out. Like, I hope they understand, you know. But that is a word of knowledge, right? Like, that's how that works. A biblical example of this is in John chapter 4. Jesus meets the Samaritan woman at the well, okay? And, and while he's sitting there visiting with her, he asks her, can you bring your husband here? And immediately she says, well, I don't have a husband. He says, yes, I know you have five husbands. And that went into a whole different conversation than most of us know about. But again, that is a word of knowledge. Obviously, God revealed that to Jesus in that moment to teach that Samaritan a lot of things and the disciples a lot of things in that moment. Uh, a Now Testament moment of this. Now, for some of y'all visitors, we say Now Testament. We're not trying to be sacrilegious in any way, right? You have the Old Testament. You have the New Testament. And I truly believe this, that we are now living in the Now Testament. That's what this is. And there's somebody that's in this room that not too long ago came to me and uh, revealed a dream that she had. Um, dang it. This was, uh, she revealed to me, a, a good friend of mine was sick, uh, and she came to me and she said, Mike, I had a dream um, about this guy, and, and Mike, it, it wasn't good. He, he passed away in my dream. And at that time, that, that really hurt because I was, obviously, we're praying for healing. We're claiming healing. But guys, what I need y'all to understand, when a godly person comes to you, and you know they're anointed, and they give you a word of God, they give you a word of knowledge, don't ignore it. You accept it. This person, by telling me that, really did prepare my heart, and he did. He passed away, if I remember correctly, like the next day. But it prepared my heart. I didn't take it as hard as I probably could have or would have if it wasn't for her. Bryce Brooks, thank you for that. Love you, girl. And I'll tell you, this is what I love about this church. When things like that happen, we are so into the spiritual gifts. Don't run away from that. If God gives you a vision or a dream and you feel like you're supposed to give that to somebody, go give it to them. The first thing you have to do, though, be very careful. There's an order with all this. Just make sure it lines up biblically. Make sure it lines up biblically. If you've got questions about that, you come to your pastor. You come to the elders of the church. And we can answer those questions for you. But if God gives you something to reveal, if he gives you a word of knowledge, use it. Very important. A word of wisdom. A divine answer or solution for a particular event. Okay. This gift involves having sense of divine direction and being completely led by the Holy Spirit to apply knowledge uh, that he has given you. <laughs> uh, a lot of married men, how many married men we got in this room? Raise your hands. Y'all going to know exactly what I'm going to talk about. Okay, so when I first got married, you know, as a young married guy, not the smartest at all, you know, you, <laughs> your wife comes to you. And, you know, she, she just, you know, she went shopping on Amazon. And, and next thing you know, all these Amazon boxes come in. I don't know about y'all. I, I should have got stock in Amazon. I mean, it's like every other at Dylan, am I right? Like every day at the jewelry store, we got a, just a pile of boxes from Amazon. So anyway, let's just say this happens, right? Your wife brings all this. She's opening up all these boxes, all these new clothes. She's trying everything on. 
And she asks you that question. Does this make me look fat? Don't hesitate. Don't hesitate. No. It's always no. But see, as a young man, and, and all you men that raised your hand, you know what I'm talking about. You know, you don't even look, okay? You, you don't hesitate. You don't look. It's just, no. I mean, like as soon as it, baby, does this make me look? No. I mean, you don't even let her finish. See, that comes with time. See, you, you, you had this knowledge, and then it became wisdom to where you know, like me, 15 years later, if Amanda comes to me and says, baby, does this make me? No. Wisdom, right? All of us men understand that. We know that. And that's, that's something, that, again, that's, that's, that's wisdom. A biblical example of this is Jesus with the adulteress. I love this story. We've talked about it quite a few times in here. But, you know, when the adulteress is there and everybody's wanting to stone her, and they're coming to Jesus and they're trying to trap him, asking him a lot of questions, throwing a lot of different things out there at him, they ask him, you know, shouldn't we kill this woman? And he sits there for just a second. And because he knew that everyone else that was there had sinned, it was a simple comment that he made. Ye that has not sinned, cast the first stone. That's beautiful wisdom. Beautiful wisdom. A Now Testament example of this, uh, <laughs> one of the men I was talking about that's at Central Baptist, his name's Bruce Powers. Bruce is a mentor of mine. Some of y'all heard me talk about Bruce quite a few times. But at one point in time in the ministry, I was, I was uh, this is before we became a church, this is years and years ago, but I was doing a lot, and, and I wouldn't say no to anybody. I mean, if somebody came up to me, Mike, you know what I'm talking about. They come up to us, they say, hey, can, can y'all help serve here? Can you do this? Can you come help with this situation? Can you do and it was just yes, 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 yes. Just all the way down the road, we would always say yes. And Bruce came to me one day. George is over shaking his head because he knows what I'm fixing to say. George, I mean, Bruce comes to me one day at the office. He says, Micah, you're doing too much. And I said, but that's what we're supposed to do. He's like, no, son, no. He said, you've got to delegate. You've got to figure out a better way of getting these things done and you not having to be there 24-7. And he gave me a quote that I've used so many times since then, and a lot of y'all in this room know what it is. When somebody comes to you and they have an idea, that sounds like a great idea. You should do that. <laughs> wisdom. Bruce gave me wisdom, see? Because Bruce went through the same situation at some point in time in his ministry walk. But guys, that's, that's what it is. It's just wisdom is so important. One more biblical example of that, Moses had the same situation. And his father-in-law, Jethro, came to him and told him the same thing. You've got to delegate. You can't continue to take care of two million people that you just took out of Egypt. You need people around you. You need help. You need pastors, elders, deacons, so forth. And that's where it all came to fruition, through that process. Wisdom. It'll save you a lot of time and a lot of headache. Now, I want to spend quite a bit of time on, on this next one, which is the gift of faith. The exceptional ability, I want y'all to get this definition, the exceptional ability to hold fast to the truth of God in Jesus Christ in spite of pressure, problems, and distractions. In Hebrews chapter 11, it defines faith and then lays out example after example of biblical heroes who used the gift of faith in seemingly impossible situations. 
In fact, Hebrews chapter 11, a lot of y'all may know that it is literally called the Faith Hall of Fame. It talks about a lot of people in there. I highly recommend that on your own time you go read it from start to finish. I don't have as much time today to get into that, but I highly recommend Hebrews chapter 11. Go read it. I just want to look at Hebrews 11, 1. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So, we've discussed this verse quite a few times in here. What this verse shows you is that the opposite of faith is, is sight. That's the opposite of faith. It tells you here, it's the evidence of things not seen, correct? So, sight. Anything you can see, you don't need faith for that. It's right there in front of you. As I've gotten older, some of you men will relate to this too. You know, you, you, you got to wake up in the middle of the night more. You got to go to the restroom, right? It, it didn't happen when you're a younger guy, but as an older guy, you do. So here's my thing with that is when I wake up every night to go to the restroom, I put my feet down, I start walking. I can't see a thing. Two reasons. Number one, I'm blind as a bat. Number two, it's pitch dark in the room, right? But I know that there's a coffee table and a couch in our bedroom. And I know where it is. And I know to go around it. I can't see it, but I know it's there. That's faith. Guys, faith is something that you need to pray that it reveals itself to you over time. And he may not put it right there in front of you right off the bat, but over time he will. The best way to describe the gift of faith to me is one word. It's unshakable. That's the gift of faith. Unshakable faith. Your first reaction to faith may be, I mean, Micah, this is a gift that every Christian should have, right? I mean, you would think that every Christian could. They can. But you'd be surprised the lack of faith that's in a lot of churches. There was a young boy. He was at a park bench. Um, had his Bible out. He's reading his Bible. Young kid. He's probably 11 years old. He's reading his Bible. And he's talking out loud to God. And he's worshiping God. He's getting a little loud. And this guy walks by. This very educated scientist walks by and sees him sitting down at this bench he goes over and he sits next to him and he says young man what are you so excited about and he starts telling the story of Moses and how he had parted the Red Sea and two million people got out and this scientist broke down scientifically how that part of the Red Sea was only at that time about 10 inches high and that's how Moses and all them got through. Little boy kind of scratched his head and didn't say anything. The guy gets up, turn around, walk away, and he hears the little kid over there worshiping again, screaming and hollering, thank you, Jesus, so forth. He walks back over to him and said, young man, did you not understand anything I said? He said, I cannot believe that God drowned all those Egyptians in 10 inches of water. That's unshakable faith, right? Unshakable 
faith. That's what you're looking for. That's the gift of faith. Do you know a person with unshakable faith? Now, I'm not talking about just faith. Okay, guys, there's a big difference here. When things are going good, everything's going right, you got faith in all that, that's not, that's, that's not what I'm talking about. Unshakable faith is that person that everything's going wrong. Everything's falling apart. And every time you talk to them, they still say, God's got this. That's unshakable faith. This person that I say has unshakable faith, this is somebody who trusts God no matter what it comes, no matter what comes their way, who holds fast to their identity in Christ, no matter the situation, who no matter how much they are tempted to give up, they keep fighting. There's a couple people in our church that I just want to, and there's a lot of y'all, I need you to understand something. There's so many of y'all that do have this gift. I've, I've witnessed it, I've seen it, y'all have talked to me about it, we've prayed about it. So many of y'all that have encouraged me to go after my faith in a stronger way. But there's a young lady that's sitting in this room who just a few weeks ago lost her brother. Her family was having a hard time. They were really struggling. She reached out to me just through text and was explaining to me the situation. I prayed about, God, what do I need to tell her? You know, this is hard. I'd never lost a sister before. I didn't know exactly what to say. I mean, I could give her all the scripture in the world, right? But she can go read all that scripture. I needed a word of knowledge. So I prayed. And God revealed to me that this young lady had the gift of faith. And he said, I just need you to assure her of it. So through the text, I just explained to her, I said, listen, I have no doubt you can handle this. You're going to be a strong one for your family. You're going to get through this whole process. You're going to get through the visitation. You're going to get through the funeral. You're going to get through the days after. And you're going to take care of your family. And you're going to be that strong one with all that faith that everybody's going to lean on. She did an amazing job. She stepped up in a way that I, I highly admire because I don't think I could have done it that way. Morgan Scott, great job, girl. Did a phenomenal job. <laughs> Another couple, and a lot of y'all know them, they're not here today. That's Chris and Denise Myatt. I mean, I can't tell you what they've been through in life. I mean, Mama Denise lost her son who was murdered. Lost her grandson who got bucked off and kicked from a horse. Those two grandsons watched their father basically get murdered. I mean, guys, Mama Denise has been through so much. Chris has had a lot of health issues. At one time, Chris had cancer. He didn't have it long. That was prayed over and gone. Guys, every time I turn around and I'll talk to Mama Myatt and I'll talk to Chris, and I'll say, what do y'all need? Nothing. We got God. Unwavering, unshakable faith. Such an example. Love them. This type of faith amazes people, even Jesus. 
I'm going to give you all a biblical example. This was actually talked about this past Wednesday night from Brother Leroy back there. Leroy, I'm going to steal this from you. Jesus had just finished preaching the Sermon on the Mount. A group of Jewish elders came to him and was explaining to him that there was a Roman soldier, Roman uh, officer, uh, whose number one servant, like his number one guy in the house, was sick and was dying. Um, when you have, back in that time, you, you have servants at your home, but that number one servant is somebody that's really worked hard, earned their way up, earned your trust, and it's really like your right-hand person. You know, servant, I wouldn't really say, that's your right-hand person, that's your right-hand man, right? So that's who this soldier really looked up to. So these elders come and they're telling him that, you know, this servant is dying, he's in bad health, we need you to come to the house and heal this person. So on the way there, some of the friends of the soldier show up and tell Jesus, hey, he told me to tell you, well, actually, I'll tell you what, let's go to Luke chapter 7, verse 6 through 7. I'm going to look at that. I'm going to pick it up there. So Jesus went with them. But just before they arrived at the house, the officer sent some friends to say, Lord, don't trouble yourself by coming to my home. For I am not worthy of such an honor. I'm not even worthy to come and meet you. Just say the word from where you are, and my servant will be healed. Let's go to verse 9. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed. Turning to the crowd that was following him, he said, I tell you, I haven't seen faith like this in all Israel. The Romans' officer, his servant, was healed. I've got some questions for y'all. Number one, is God amazed by your faith? Shouldn't you strive for that? Shouldn't you strive for faith that Jesus is amazed by? I did some studying on this, and the only two times that Jesus talks about he was amazed by faith, this one, and the other time is when he was amazed by the lack of faith from the people from his hometown. So only one time, biblically, did he talk about how amazed he was by faith. Again, we should all strive to have the faith of this Roman soldier. topic I want you to from the main thing from this story though about Jesus with this soldier it's who it was it's who actually amazed him with that faith if you notice it's not a disciple it's not a pastor it's not an elder it's not a deacon it's not even a Sunday school teacher it's a soldier. Simple soldier. 
this man's spiritual degree was unimpressive. But what is impressive to me is that the man with the greatest faith in all of Israel was a soldier who simply knew who Jesus was, what Jesus was able to do, humbly asked Jesus for help, and trusted that Jesus would deliver. I don't know who this is for today. But God's telling you that it doesn't matter who you are, where you come from, who you roll with, what job you have, your education, or your spiritual degree. If you have faith in him, you can move mountains. It doesn't matter who you are. It's like I told y'all last week, the same Holy Spirit that works through me works through every one of y'all. Doesn't matter who the pastor is, doesn't matter who the evangelist is, it doesn't matter. The exact same Holy Spirit that works through any one of us will work through you and do the same or better miracles. You know, they list nine gifts of the Holy Spirit in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. But there's really 10. It's just not listed there. You got to go one chapter later. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Let's look at verse 2. If I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith, so that I can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. Go to 1 Corinthians 13, 13. Three things will last forever, faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is love. I had this conversation at this jewelry store just a few days ago with some guys, with Dylan and Mikey. And I think I even had it here at the church a couple days before that. We get so caught up in so many things in this book. And I'm going to tell you what, you need to know the book. You need to know it front and back, Okay. I highly encourage that you read this book front and back. Study it, learn it, memorize it. But what I am going to ask you to do, don't get so caught up in the things that's not going to help save somebody. Don't get so caught up. I used this example a while back. In, in Genesis, it talks about God is saying, we're going to create man in our image. And immediately I'm like, who's our? And I start digging and I start studying and so forth. And then God takes me to 1 Timothy 
forgive me, I can't remember the exact verse, but it says this. It says so many people will get so involved in the things that really don't matter and forget about teaching and showing my love. I don't care how much gift of knowledge and wisdom and faith you have. If you're not doing it for love, don't even come around me. Our number one focus as a church, how every day when you wake up, how can I show God's love today? These other things, these are great gifts, obviously, and we're going to use them, right? I mean, as a church, we use them all the time. I'm just making you aware of that none of it matters if you're not doing it for love. Focus on love first. Everything else will fall into place. Grab a pen and paper. Did y'all write this down? Go ahead, Nick. True faith is at its best when things are at their worst. My boy Bojo just talked about this earlier. To watch uh, him and Tiffany um, losing a loved one, but standing so firm. Um, You know, when I walk in a room of people and, and something bad's happened, something that would take a family down or an individual down, anything that would cause anxiety, fear. When I walk in that room, I can immediately tell who's anointed in the Spirit and who's not. It's obvious. Those ones that are down, man, their heads are down. They're hurting on a different level. It's okay to hurt. It's okay. Nothing wrong with that. But when you're hurting on a level that makes you doubt God, that's a problem. I love watching people. That just sounds terrible. It sounds so bad. When somebody's struggling, I sit back and I watch in awe when they're anointed in the Spirit. And I take notes. I try to encourage them. But you know, one of the things I've learned is when something bad comes your way, guys, you need to have that gift of faith. And the way that you have that gift of faith is when something bad happens, you just sit back and you get excited because you know God's fixing to show up. And there's nothing cooler to me watching God work. So cool. That's the gift of faith, guys. True faith is at its best when things are at their worst. When you're down, when your family's down, when you've lost a job, (laughs) when, when you're over in a country in Ukraine and you're getting your house taken from you, boy, how powerful has that been? I've watched so many people jump on that TV on the news from Ukraine and say, it's all right. We've still got our faith in God. When you think it's bad, just think about them folks over there right now. 
Y'all continue to pray for our brothers and sisters over there. Amen.